Welcome in to episode two of the Illini Inquirer podcast. I'm Derek Piper, joined by Isaac Trotter today. No Jeremy Warner. He is out. So it's kind of like the Warriors trying to get by with Steph and Clay while KD's gone. I'll take Clay. You take Steph. That's fine. Is that fair? Okay, I'm good cool. with that one. Uh, I was going to call us the big three before where it was LeBron, Shaq, not Shaq. Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh and D-Wade. I don't know who each of us would be. I'll take Chris Bosh. Okay. You can be LeBron. Jeremy I'm, has I'm to LeBron? be D-Wade. Okay. Well, we got a lot planned for you today. Uh, I know that it seemed like a lot of people enjoyed the podcast for episode one, which was great. It was a lot of fun and, and excited to get this one going. So we're starting off news of the week. I know we didn't get to hit on this, me, me and Isaac. Jeremy had a, a blurb about it at the end of the podcast last week with Luke Ford. I know we talked a ton about him and, and you know not getting the waiver and how disappointing that is or would be. And now, well, it is. The NCAA seems like they messed it up. But uh, Isaac, what was your reaction? It seems surprising. And then clearly, the what does it mean? Yeah, it's just so inconsistent, right? Like the the NCAA is so inconsistent. You're not sure what you're going to get from them on a day to day basis. And that news comes out. It's like a Friday news dump late on Friday, right after we had recorded, right? So we weren't able to really touch on it. But it's it's a tough blow. And I was able to talk to Luke that night at the Friday Night Lights camp, and he just walks up to you and he just shrugs his shoulders, goes, "I." I don't know what to do. And I mean, you talk about some of the staff and the staff would tell you, well, if you argue, argue that you had, you know, you're mentally abused by the staff or they lied to you about your role, then you'd be more able to get a, a waiver. But if you tell them, you know what, I just wanted to move back to my grandpa, then they're not quite as as forgiving. So Luke Ford is not going to be eligible. This is it. This is final. This was the second appeal. It's over. Tom Mars was like the superstar lawyer that they went out and got, and he didn't get it done. I mean, it didn't get it done. It's not Tom Mars' fault. It's not Luke Ford's fault. It's just a situation where these NCA rules just aren't fair. And you see a lot of the backlash on social media, obviously the hashtag free Luke Ford's everywhere. But I mean, we saw big name people talk about Luke Ford. And Joel Klatt was on FS1 talking about how Luke Ford needs to be eligible. And so he's not going to be. And you talk about the on the field impact. It's huge. I mean, Daniel Barker now has to take a big a big step forward. He's a guy that needed to get his body in shape a little bit more. Um, I still think he has a lot of pieces. I think he can be good. I think he has a lot of tools that are really good. But he's not Luke Ford. And Luke Ford is just six foot six of 250 pounds of pure dude. Great in the red zone. Great blocker. Uh, hands down, probably the number one NFL prospect on this roster. So I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say, okay, Illinois is completely fine now that and, and everything will be okay because Daniel Barker is going to replace Luke Ford seamlessly. But it's a big loss. Uh, if you want to see the bright side of things, I guess Luke Ford now has a whole year to get bigger and faster and stronger, like he needs to, right? You know what yeah, I mean? Right. <laughs> and and then, but really, mentally, he needs to pick up Rod Smith's scheme. That was an issue during the spring. Obviously, just a new system. It's a lot of overload, information overload. Now he can get the chance to do that, and then he gets back on the field in 2020. And goes to work with Isaiah Williams. You can feel pretty confident about your offense with Luke Ford and Isaiah Williams together. But it's still a big blow for 2019. And just the 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 unfair standards that have been set by the NCAA it feels like it, it's easy. I can see why people would think, well, if you're a quarterback and you're going to a big going program, to Ohio State or right, Miami, I can see why you get the waiver. But and you're just going to Illinois, no big deal. We'll just make you sit out. Yeah, the inconsistency with the rule is frustrating. I understand the argument that. Uh, you could make, I guess, if 
Luke wanted to be close to family. He could have just chosen Illinois right out of high school. But at the same time, there are, there are guys making these moves. And again, at Ohio State and Miami, you're going to see starting quarterbacks who were at institutions where they left because of playing time or, or one reason or another, and they're going to get to play. So it's frustrating for the offense. I mean, they need a playmaker like that. And I know that they need the, a body like that. Oh, right? absolutely. Like, I mean, think about like third down and short. It's third and six. If you had Luke Ford on a little out route where he just basically blocks out a smaller linebacker and you mm-hmm. just throw it up to him, catches it, easy money, done. First down, move the chains. How many times, well, recently, there hasn't been easy money done in the passing game for Illinois? Hasn't been there in a while. Ever, maybe. I, yeah. don't, I, mean, I mean, think about the, the tight ends that Illinois had in the recent history. Matt Lacoste, who's probably going to be a starting tight end for the New England Patriots, does literally nothing at Illinois because they just don't use him quite that well. Uh, Michael Luminawanui didn't really do a ton here. Jeff Cumberland didn't Jeff really do Cumberland. a ton here, right? Like, Illinois had a ton of talent at tight end. They've never really used it properly, and Rod Smith is planning to lose use Luke Ford in a variety of ways, and to have to wait a full year to see it in a pivotal year four where you really need all the help you can get, it hurts. And let's be honest here. Let's not forget about the Bobby Roundtree incident here. Compounding both of these decisions back and back to back, where Bobby Roundtree gets hurt, life-threatening type of scenario, career-threatening, everything. You know, it's just a horrible, horrible injury. Compounded with Luke Ford not getting the waiver, it's tough. That's a tough couple weeks for Illinois football. Here's one angle that maybe we haven't hit on a ton, a little bit, but have you gotten a gauge yet? Maybe you'll learn more in fall camp, and, and that could also be a reset for this team. But is there any kind of vibe of oh, here we go, another thing goes wrong for this around this football program. And knowing the expectation level is raised going into next season, do you know how players are responding, how the staff is responding? Because there is pressure on this coaching staff to show improvement, even though you know these are some big losses. Yeah, you, we were around the staff on the, at the Friday Night Lights camp last week, and you, you see that they are a little bit annoyed. You will talk about some of the recruiting losses that they've had. They're a little bit annoyed about that. They're annoyed about what happened with Luke, obviously. But there's a sense that football's bigger than one player, right? And at some point, you got to compete. And Illinois' first recruiting class in 2017, they're all juniors now. They look like men. And Bobby Roundtree is going to be a horrible guy to replace. It's a horrible situation. I'm not saying that, that it's no big deal. But you have guys that are been in the college weight room program for three years, been in this system for three years, like Larry Oladipo, like Jamal Woods, like Owen Carney, like Isaiah Gay. It, they're 21, 22 years old now. you got to compete at a high level. And I think this Illinois team, we'll see more in, in training camp, but I still think this Illinois team has talent. I still think that they're older than what they've ever been. It's clearly the talent has upgraded. The schedule's tough this year. But if you're able to get to five wins, you'd feel pretty good about where Illinois football is headed. You need to get better. Obviously, you need to get a lot better. Um, but but you still feel decent about this class. And I think you could see these guys rally around Bobby and rally around Luke for sure. Absolutely. We'll talk more about additions for this Illinois football team that could brighten the future and brighten the expectation for the upcoming season. Brandon Peters, Josh Bebe. But let's go to basketball where another stealthy out of nowhere, make Derek Piper look bad type of addition. The staff slides in there. You know, it's all right. I'll take one for the team. But uh, it looks like a good one in Benjamin Bossman's Verdunk from Belgium. I got to say, Isaac, his tape looks kind of good. I like it. I like it a lot, right? I mean, 
you said something, I think it was you that said not all late additions are the same, mm-hmm. right? Yes. This dude doesn't look like a Matisse Vasile roll of the dice player. Six foot seven, good passer, looks like he's a pretty decent shooter, has good athleticism. I saw him dunk on a couple people in, in his highlight film. You can see why Illinois kept this one under the wraps. I'm not saying they should have because I think you should know about something <laughs> like this. So you, can, you don't look bad, right? No, that's but right. you can see why they go, okay, we don't want this to get out because if he does get out, this could draw a lot more attention because he looks like a guy who could be an impact player. Maybe not this year, but maybe down the road. He looks like a guy who could be on the floor two or three years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they announced him. The Illini program announced him at six foot seven, 220. Heard he could get up to even 230 by the end of the summer. He's been working over in Belgium with a pro strength and conditioning coach for a pro team over there who actually was at the University of Michigan around the same time that Adam Fletcher was there, so maybe a little bit of head start in the weight room. Averaged about 16 points, 6 to 6, 6 rebounds. Versatile player. Shot the 3, 38% clip. Double play? It, it, it looks like a good stroke uh, coming off his hand for sure. Uh, the passing, I think, is the thing that stood out the most for me on the film. And uh, as far as a fit in the offense, a spread offense. There's so much read and react in that offense that needs time. You need continuity. You need pieces that are familiar with each other. You also need just high IQ players. I think that Underwood has added that with Io, with Georgie. And now, I don't know what BBV or Belgian boss man adds next year. I think he's just another piece in the mix. But over time, yeah, I think... There's going to be some skepticism that he's, oh, this is Anthony Higgs. Oh, this is Adonis De La Rosa. Oh, this is every right, every other late ad. I don't know about instant impact, but over the course of the time, you know, whether it's sophomore year or junior year, he looks like he's going to be a good player. Right. And here's my question for you, Derek, because I look at him and I go, okay, he looks like he could play the three. But then you said, okay, they kind of want him to look at the four a little bit. And mm-hmm. that goes... That makes me think, is he a TJ Holyfield, like a mini TJ Holyfield, kind of grow into something like that? If he turns into a TJ Holyfield, oh, yeah. that's a great get. That That's an unbelievable get, and, and it makes that loss of Holyfield to Texas Tech a little bit easier to swallow. Yeah, I think that's the one thing that we're going to have to learn about him is how good of a rebounder is he, how physical is he. I, I, we know that he is built fairly well for a freshman, and uh, but yeah, getting him on campus soon, uh, it's supposed to be sometime this summer, he's going to play in Italy in August when this team goes overseas, so that will be interesting to follow. Illinois is now up to 50-1 to to win the national title next year, according to Caesars. 50-1, to 50-1. Huh? to one. Um, For reference point, Michigan's 40-1. to one. Wisconsin's 60-1. to one. They're not up there with Michigan State, who's 5-1, to one, which want to make some money that might not be a a a bad one Purdue 75 to 1 so that's a little surprising for me yeah to have Illinois better odds than Purdue I know that Purdue loses quite a bit with Edwards and Klein and Grady Eifert if you wanted to do some money on Northwestern it's a thousand thousand to one throw a dollar on that one who's it's uh Kevin in the office yeah anytime every time you get a thousand to one bet you do it. it (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it this time. I'm not putting my, any money on Northwestern. I don't trust Chris Collins one bit. Ohio State 40 to 1. You like Ooh, that? I'd love that. There's a couple on here. In the Big 10 wise, if I'm looking at the Big 10, Ohio State 40 to 1 makes a lot of sense. Um I tell you what, Maryland 30 to 1 is interesting too cuz I love the talent that they brought back there. Sure. Bringing in Makai Mitchell too, top 100 big to replace Bruno Fernando. You already have Jalen Smith, you already have Anthony Cowan, Eric Ayala. That's They've interesting. Got pieces, That's man. That's interesting. Definitely. Um, 
Penn State, 250 to 1. Seems a, the contrast between Illinois and Penn State seems a little high. Yeah, that's a little odd because I'm not saying Penn State's going to win the title. Well, if we were or, doing our Big Ten projections right now, I would have Penn State and Illinois in that very same yeah, tier. Right and for there. them to be five times uh, better or worse odds, I guess, to win the title is, is fascinating to me. But Illinois, 50 to 1. I'm not putting any money on that one. I just no. I wouldn't advise it. I understand the upside. Like the upside of Penn State, the ceiling for Penn State versus the ceiling for Illinois is probably significantly different because of the depth. Yeah. Because of if there're more check marks where okay, if all these things go right, if Tev is your starting 3 and he's really good, if Allen is whether he's a starting 3 or off the bench shooter, if Kofi and Georgie mesh into this you know, this Monster. tandem in the yeah. paint, there's the potential for Illinois to be pretty darn good. There is. There's just the downside that I worry about because I don't know if they can guard a soul, right? <laughs> right. Or, and, and let's be honest here, Brad Underwood's defense still has multiple things to prove. He's he showcased when there when that defense is really good against Michigan State, it's going to make Cassius Winston the best player in the Big Ten, one of the best players in the country, have a ton of turnovers, and you're going to win that game. But it's also going to allow people to shoot 57% at the rim. True. That's a problem. Now, will Kofi change that? I don't know if he'll change that himself. I think he could help. I think another year for Georgie helps. I think Io can help. I think Tevian and Alan Griffin are both going to improve. And a guy defensively we don't talk enough about is Andres Feliz. He just hounds people. He hounded Winston last year. I think he's going to get after guys again this year. But it, there's a lot of questions. 50-1, to 1, though. It's interesting. I can see why people would like it. But you better hop on it now because with the addition of BBV, that could really knock it down <laughs> about 40-1 to 1 or 30-1. Right. to 1. So if you want to make some money, you better go now. Who are some others as we look at this list that you would uh, that you're liking a little bit? Okay, so Kansas eighteen to one is very tempting, and that might have changed with Jalen Wilson, who was the top fifty, top Michigan, fifty, top to seventy five right? to Michigan. He kind of looks like he's going to be DJ Wilson, not right? just because of well the hair and the name number one and the height. I mean, he's he's really good. Then also Isaiah Moss, his. Uh, stay I don't even know if he stayed at Arkansas at all he just it was just like he was just uh it was like an Airbnb he was there for two or three days free cancellation right exactly okay well um a couple teams on here that I like Memphis 15 to 1 is I would put a little bit of action on Memphis Texas Tech 20 to 1 seems high especially with what Chris Beard has done and Mm -hmm. what he's proven that could be interesting or they could get a another run here I'm still amazed by the haul they had oh god Joel and Tabwe for the, the the four man from UNLV, Chris Clark. If he's rely, I know that he got suspended with with marijuana issue. Virginia Tech, he's a darn good player. Holyfield, bringing a garden and, and Jameis Ramsey, who, who's top fifty, and he's outstanding. And yeah, Beard's a fantastic coach. So, I got one more. Okay, Washington fifty to one. Yeah, that's. Isaiah Stewart's a five-star center. Yeah. And they got another five-star. Number 10 in the country right now in recruiting. Isaiah Stewart, you're right, five-star. They got a four-star shooting guard, Raquan Battle. Mm-hmm. They just got a commitment from Jaden McDaniels, the five-star power was. forward. So you have McDaniels and Isaiah Stewart in that front line. They were a great defensive team last year. I know Pac-12 basketball stinks, and I wouldn't advise watching it that much, but Washington's going to be really good at 50-1 to odds. I'd be much more willing to put money on Washington than Illinois. I think they're just a little bit more talent. They're high-end talent. If it clicks, could be a team that makes a a decent run. Plus, they'd have a lot of confidence because the Pac-12 is going to stink next year. Yes, although one Pac-12 note, Arizona, 25-1. to They're going to be... I'm excited for that Illinois-Arizona game. That game is going to be so fun. 
All right, so Jeremy told me that he's going to go out and cover that game. I don't think that's fair. I think you should be the one to go. Is that what he said? He told me that. Oh, it's a good thing he's not here on the podcast then. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you can rip him a new one right now. Nico Mannion against Iodasumo. Oh, give me. Two, two of those guys are top 10 oh, yeah. in the mock drafts for 2020. I thought I thought I saw a mock draft where Io's eight, Mannion's nine. Yeah. That's, I think we saw the same one. That's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. But Illinois needs some help. Yes. And they got a guy that they're looking at, Tyler Scanlon. Boston Good U. transition. Yeah, Boston U. What mm-hmm. do you think of him? What do you think of his ad? He, Trevor Valise, producer for Tay and Carp, good guy, says that he looks extremely white. <laughs> he looks like he should be a wing for Wisconsin. I don't disagree. It's hard to argue with that. Uh, yeah, I, I've watched a decent amount of film on him. The la- I'm doing the whole Ron Jaworski. I've watched 127 hours of film the last two days. Uh, but quite a bit. Averaged about 14 points, five rebounds per game for Boston U last year. Advisory here, the Patriot League. Not the Big Ten? It, not not the Big Ten. No, they had one game against Rutgers, which I went back through that one. It was 54-44, I believe. Oh, that was a hard one to that's watch. That's like high school basketball in central Illinois. Yeah, it was kind of brutal. But here's what I like. Number one, okay, so it's mid-June, and he can shoot, and he's got experience. And he's 6'7". He's 6'7". I don't know. Okay, the question marks about what translates to the Big Ten. Five rebounds a game. I don't think he goes in and rebounds that well in the Big Ten. Defensively, his numbers on synergy were pretty decent on a bad defensive team. They were like 280 in Ken Palm defensive efficiency. I don't think he defends well in the Big Ten. There's going to be quicker, more explosive athletes that he's just not going to deal well with. A couple things that I like, he's a really good passer, good IQ, spot up three, and also in comparison to Aaron Jordan, because I think that's kind of the baseline yeah, where it's like yeah. maybe not the best athlete, but good enough to get on the floor. Right. Can be a, can he be a veteran that is a spot up shooter, reliable in that sense? And I don't think he'll be a starter like AJ was. And, and this is where Tev and Allen take the step forward. And I just it, it makes sense. I'll say that it, it, it makes sense. And he's got more of an off the dribble game than AJ. That that is one positive that I see. Although AJ. Significantly better shooter last year. AJ shot 40-plus percent in the Big Ten from three. Scanlon shot 34% in the Patriot League. Yeah, I mean, I'm scarred after adding grad transfer wings after the Mark Allstork experiment. So, mm-hmm. you know, Allstork came in and he, we're, what are we, we were hyping him up as probably the best player on the team. Him and Mark Smith, both those didn't work out too hot. And he scored, what, 20 points a game in the Big Ten, and it translated to, or 20 points a game in the Horizon League, and yep. it translates to six points a game in the Big Ten. 14 points a game in the Patriot League makes me go five points in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. So it, it's interesting. And obviously, Illinois hasn't got him yet. A couple teams involved with him. Um, Minnesota, Richmond, George Washington were the fir- and Arkansas were the first two. And then Jeff Borzello reported that Florida, Wisconsin, and Georgia have also gotten in- interested as well. So he's a, a piece that I think Illinois has a great shot to get. You have an open scholarship, so I see it feels like a low-risk, high-reward type of move. But there's going to be some competition here. And you look at the on-the-court impact, I think a guy we're forgetting about is DeMonte Williams, who still has the trust of the Illinois staff. And I know that sometimes offensively he was struggling last year, just didn't even attempt to shoot, and it was rough. And I'm not the biggest DeMonte Williams fan, but he still has trust, and he still plays defense, and he still knows the system. So DeMonte Williams, Alan Griffin, 
Tevian Jones, Kipper Nichols, yep. and Tyler Scalen are all going to be in comp and Andres Fleasing at time at, with, as the third point guard on the floor sometimes too. So you could have a situation where six guys are vying for that spot at the 3-4. So if you bring Scanlon in, I'm not expecting him to be a starter, but if he gets into the rotation, is able to spread the floor a little bit. I mean, what's your stat? Illinois is only bringing back two guys that have shot over 35% from three last year. Yeah, Trent Nile. Yeah, if Scanlon can shoot 36 37% from three, which is career average, Right. Then he could find a way on the floor for maybe 12 to 15 minutes a night. And that's the point there where I get the hesitation in let's not bring in another All-Stork. The good news is he's not going to play 20, 25 minutes a night like All-Stork. Man, it's still funny that he was supposed to be this bucket getter. Oh, this guy God. is just going to come in and fill it up. And I didn't necessarily buy when he was telling me, all right, I got to get ready for the NBA. I was like, oh, okay. But you're probably not going to play defense. And really, that was the best thing he did right. for Illinois. So, But with Scanlon, if he's just – a player in the mix. If he if he's willing to buy into a role where you got to earn every minute you get, you're going to be in competition with some of these young guys. Also, Demonte, and if you can hit some threes, some open threes, there's going to be a lot of opportunity. Io drives in the lane, Trent drives in the lane, Andres drives in the lane, or post touch for Kofi, post touch for Georgie. They're going to leave somebody. Right. You have to. Right. I will say this. I. After what Illinois did last year and got absolutely abused down low, I do like what the staff has done this year, prioritizing size. So you go get Kofi, of course, who's seven foot three hundred behemoth, right? But Bernard Kuma is also a very big dude at six foot ten, has a good body on him. You go get Benjamin Bosman's Verdunk, six foot seven. You go out and you're looking at Tyler Scanlon, six foot seven. That's that gives you options. Bernard down Kuma. Low. Right. You just have all of the all of these additions now that you have some length, some athleticism that you're bringing into this team. So maybe you don't get destroyed on the glass next year. Now you have options. Now you don't have to play an Aaron Jordan at the four, who was six foot six in tennis shoes, barely. You know what right. I mean? You know what I mean? And yeah. having to go up against like Lamar Stevens. Now you have options there. I appreciate that about the Illini staff. I appreciate the big net that they have. And also, I think if you added a Tyler Scanlon to the mix with his length, I think you have to think about going zone sometimes because you would, could have some lineups. Say you have Tevian on the floor, Io is on the floor, Andres or Scanlon's on the floor with Kofi and Georgie, six foot five, six foot seven, six foot eight, six foot nine, and seven foot. Mm -hmm. Looks like a good two three zone to me with some length. That looks like a Syracuse zone that they trot out. Exactly. I, I, I wouldn't hate that. Yeah. Or especially a team that maybe isn't great from three. Make them beat you with the jump shot. Have Kofi planted in the lane, not getting caught in ball screens. I like that idea. We got to mention Kofi. I got a quick note on him. The dude's, he looks, number one, he looks big. Ugh. And for Lana fans, he's got to look good in that uniform. Lana basketball Twitter tweeted out from team workouts, which started this week. Kofi's in town. He's over there at Oven working, and that is a different kind of dude you've seen uh, at the five spot. You see him walking around campus, you go, Mike. Good God, he just fills up a whole door frame walking into McDonald's on Green Street. So yeah. he's, he's a. I don't know if Adam Fletcher will let him walk into right. McDonald's, but then again, I mean that dude's a he's a truck. He's a monster, and the, and the good picture there by I and a very smart picture there by the Illinois basketball Twitter account with him going up one handed. Looks like he's about to throw down a right handed dunk, and I tweeted, "Pray for the backboards at Ubbin because he's coming to shatter them." It's true. The okay. managers are probably putting extra time. Oh yeah, buy extra rims and backboards. So what are the odds that he shatters one? If I put if I put the over or if I put the odds at ten to one that he shatters one back in a game or at Ubbin? at Ubbin or in a game ever in his career at Illinois, would you take it? Ubbin, I'm definitely taking it. I don't know if it happens in a game, but he's going to shatter probably a rim or a backboard at Ubbin. I can't wait. 
I yeah. can't wait. All right, <laughs> who's a guy in the Big Ten that you're most excited to see Kofi go up against? Hmm. It would have been fun to see him go up against Fernando if he would have stuck around. Right. See, Matt Harms is that. Matt one Harms is going to be a good one because he just destroyed Georgie last year. He's just he's been really great against Illinois, and I want to see if now Harms' you know, length could bother him. True, but. I just see Kofi catching the ball three feet from the rim, and you go, okay, he's already got his spot. He's just going to turn around and just eat Matt Harms and just dunk all over him. That'd be cool. How about Wesson? Ooh, yes. Kofi versus Caleb Wesson. There we go. Really fun. Xavier Tillman? Yeah. He's he's a good player. Now you have a guy, though, that can go up against those. You teams. have an answer. You just Mike exactly. Watkins against yeah. Kofi would be fun. It just doesn't feel like you're going into a game as the clear underdog, and you're just hoping and praying that they're off, right? You're mm-hmm. hoping and praying that Mike Watkins doesn't go off for 12 and 12, like he usually, and four blocks against Illinois. Now you have a chance to counteract that and s- shut that down. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Back to football, Friday Night Lights camp last week. Uh, I know Jeremy ended up putting on a crystal ball. Would you uh, take away from that, fill us in on the happenings there at Friday Night Lights? Yeah, so overall, it wasn't quite as good as we expected. We thought that maybe a few more guys would come down, but it, it wasn't horrible on the Friday Night Lights camp. You got to see some dudes. Class of 2021, Illinois done a pretty good job. They offered uh, Jaden Wilson, a long, athletic Texas wide receiver, just a screams Andrew Hayes Stoker uh, type of guy. Uh, you're talking about that crystal ball that Jeremy lost. Samurai, right? Yes, yeah, Samurai Collier. Quarterback named Samurai. I'm on board. Yeah, he's interesting. He's he's athletic. Rod Smith really likes him. He loves Illinois. He wants to come up and play with Marquez Beeson. I don't know if he's a take yet. So the situation right now in the class of 2021 is Sam Jackson's committed to Minnesota right now. Quarterback they really like. They think he might be you know a guy that's similar to Isaiah Williams. He's shorter but athletic with a bullet like a rocket arm. So it'll be interesting to see how they play that between Samari Collier and Sam Jackson. But overall for the Friday Night Lights camp, you got to see some good talent. They offered Monroe Mills, who is a, a big, tall offensive lineman. He's one of those guys at a camp like this that you see him, you go, oh, okay, he's the Power 5 prospect. He just stands out. He sticks out like a sore thumb. Really tall, really long, really athletic. Illinois looks like they have a great chance there. Um, but it seems like a guy who's still growing into his body, and I don't know if I would expect him to play for two or three years, which is okay. Offensive linemen aren't supposed to come in as true freshmen and, and play. Uh, so he he's an interesting one. Um, Illinois did have a pretty good conversation with Justin Johnson, running back from Edwardsville. He played against some good talent down there, played against Keith Randolph, rushed for over 100 yards and touchdown against Randolph and Belbo West last year. He just is a sophomore, class of 2021 running back, and that's a, a position you might need to re- restock because in 2019 you're going to lose Reggie Corbin and Dre Brown. In 2020 you'll lose Mike Epstein and Rayvon Bonner. Those those are four very productive guys. you got to fill some of those and Justin Johnson might be that next. But it, overall, it was good. Um, but there was some bad news during that there night was. that kind of clouded over that night. Yeah. Uh, you lose out on a pair of East St. Louis guys, and Antonio Johnson, four-star, number three in the state, according to the Love 24-7 him. sports composite rankings. He commits to Tennessee. Javante Spragans also commits to Tennessee. And if I'm he had an offer for a day? Yeah, it was a thing. He visited Tennessee, earned an offer, and committed all within 24 hours. And that didn't seem to go over well with the staff? Staff wasn't too happy. Corey Patterson hopped on the phone to talk with some people down in East St. Louis. And Illinois has done a good job with 
um, developing and building that relationship again with East St. Louis. It hadn't been great. I mean, you think of Terry Hawthorne was pretty good, but you yep. missed out on some talent over the last few years. You got a couple guys on your roster right now in James Knight and Stanley Green who are from East St. Louis, but you didn't really get that high-end talent. You missed out on Jeff Thomas, not once but twice. So that, that relationship there's improving between Illinois and Darren Sunkit. Uh, Lovey Smith's done a great job with that, but the staff was caught off guard with Spragans and Johnson both committing right there. I think Spragans was the one that was the most surprising just because Illinois had offered him a week ago. He said it was an offer he was waiting on. Illinois felt really good about that. Kind of a big kid who was over 400 pounds, slimmed down a little bit and moved really well at the Lindenwood camp. And Illinois liked him. Bob McLean, Illinois' offensive line, really liked him. So for him to commit right away caught them off guard. Antonio Johnson's probably Jeremy Warner's favorite recruit in this class of 2020. Just a playmaking safety that Illinois really could use. Um, so I don't think it's over. And that's For both of them? For both of them. Okay. So that's a good thing. And it starts this weekend because Illinois is having a seven-on-seven camp and a big man's camp. East St. Louis will be there. Spragans will be there. Antonio Johnson will be there. Maybe you get them coming off that little bit of a high of an official visit or a visit down to Tennessee. Tennessee has great campus, a great campus, great facilities. So maybe you get them a week away, removed from that. They're coming down off that high, and Illinois is able to to make some ground up with them again. A couple others they lost out on. They didn't make the cut for Kivo Wesley. Announced the final two of Vandy and Boston College, and also Josh Baker. Yeah, Josh Baker commits to Arizona. And from he's from, from Missouri, St. Louis area yep. down in Missouri. So yeah, that one was one that Illinois really liked him. Thought he was going to be a, a piece, but he didn't really reciprocate that love quite as much with Illinois, and eventually goes to Arizona. So that's a that's a loss. Kiva Wesley's super surprising because he's from Chicago Curie, offensive line slash defensive line. They were more looking at him as an offensive lineman. Illinois and Iowa were his first two offers, and they thought they were doing great with him. And then he kind of comes out and says Vanderbilt and Boston College and. I love Vanderbilt's campus. I get it. Boston College is a little bit off the wall. And when you're from Chicago and you have Iowa and Illinois right there, it just felt like he maybe he just wants to get away from home a little bit. So you respect that kid. Uh, he seems like he has a bright kid, has a good head on his shoulders, doesn't do anything wrong. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a good kid. And, and so I, you think he'll be successful, but he's raw. He's only played football a year. But Illinois still really liked him, got in with him one of those early offers. And for him to leave you out of his top two, it's a tough look. And you've lost – Three offensive linemen right now. You've had Marcus Harper decommit. He looks like he's going to be picking between Oregon and Purdue. You kind of hope he goes to Oregon so then he doesn't torch you at Purdue, right? So offensive line recruiting coming into this after the class of 2018 and 2019, or yeah, 2019, you didn't feel great about your offensive line recruiting. You really wanted to restock in 2020, and four guys are already off the board. That's that's tough, and Bob McLean will have to get back on track. I think they can, though, with Jalen St. John. There's a couple different angles here to go as far as you can look at it, the whole Chicago area. I know you have Jaden Thompson committed, but as you mentioned, Marcus Harper no longer there. Kiva Wesley did not even make his final two. I know Denver Warren from the Aurora area, you thought maybe you could get a commit from him at one time. Really close to getting one. Yeah, and that didn't come to fruition. So this class was kind of thought to be maybe one where you turn the tide in, in Chicago. You have the St. Louis area going well. And then also you mentioned the offensive line, but I want to ask you about Chicago. Where is that? Is there optimism that things can get turned around in this class, or are you pushing it down the road again? We're like, all right, we'll we'll fix that area in the next one. Well, I think they have gotten it a little bit taken care of. You wanted it more, but getting Jaden Thompson out of Chicago Maris was massive. Four-star yep. wide receiver. So that's a great start. Yes, you wanted more. 
And there are a couple guys that Illinois has missed out on. You brought up Denver Warren. That that's a that's a tough one. Uh, he's a guy that he was committed to Michigan. LSU was involved. It's just tough to really figure out what he wants. It feels like he kind of wants the bright lights. So it makes sense on, on why that is the case. But Illinois can get back on track if they can land Willis Singleton, who's from that Chicago area, three-star defensive tackle, number one on Illinois' board at defensive tackle. They like him more than the higher-rated Denver Warren. So, um, so Singleton is just coming off a visit for Illinois. Uh, Illinois crushed it on that visit with him. He still has visits to Michigan State, which is big, Iowa State, which is big, um, Louisville's involved. So there's stuff still involved there. He's going to make a decision really soon. But Illinois crushed it on the visit because of the way that they have worked with Bobby Roundtree. That type of care, um, love, support, that Austin Clark, Lovey Smith, and the whole staff, Andrew Stoker, the rest of the staff has shown to Bobby, really stuck out to Willis because he said, if I got injured, he told me this. Like He's like, if I got injured, it wouldn't be the end of the world for me. They wouldn't give up on me. They care about me. They genuinely care, and that's really important. And you can get back in Chicago's good graces if you get Jaden Thompson. You get a guy like Willis Singleton, that would be really huge there. And then you f- figure out some – there's some other pieces there at Curie that you kind of like um, – but the talent in Chicago hasn't been quite as good. You tried to get involved there in 2018 with Jaleel Billingsley. That didn't work out. You you took two of his teammates in Fabian McRae and, and Joseph Thompson. Fabian McRae decommits, ends up at Northern Illinois. Um, so that, that was kind of an odd one. Uh, but Jaleel Billingsley, you thought you might be able to get him involved, and he ends up going to Alabama. I, I get it. Alabama's Alabama over Illinois every day. Um, but overall, I think Illinois has done a much better job in Chicago. They're fighting with Iowa State and Northwestern. Hardcore for a lot of these guys. P.J. Fleck in Minnesota has done good up there. But the hire of Mike Bellamy has been instrumental in getting Illinois back in Chicago. You get Willis Singleton. You get Jaden Thompson. You can find a couple others up there. You'd feel pretty good about Illinois' effort up in Chicago in this class. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned Iowa State. Illinois did beat them out as well as a couple of other Power Fives for Quentin McCoy. Great get. Defensive tackle from Florida. He had offers from Iowa State, Louisville, took visits to Louisville and Kentucky. What do you make of that uh, addition? It's a it's another Austin Clark getting after it on the trail. I mean, he will never be the defensive line coach that Mike Fair was. Obviously, the Colts will hire Mike Fair. Why? Because he's the best in the business. But he is clearly the much better recruiter. Quentin McCoy, high ceiling. He's a six foot three, two sixty five. Can play defensive tackle. They think they can bulk him up to be a defensive tackle, or you know, keep him right at his weight, and he can play defensive end too. He he reminds me so much of Jamal Woods, just a, a versatile piece. You you win this recruitment over power five guys, or power five teams. That's huge. And three star kid who looks like he could have a really high ceiling. Good get. Looks like a good character kid and really smart too. So overall. Team, guys were clamoring for Illinois to get an offer or get a commitment after that weekend was tough last weekend. And to get him on Monday really appeased some people. Now you now you got to build off that. And you're starting to see this defensive line room really get good um, recruiting-wise. You've done great in the 2019 class. You think you'll do well in this 2020 class. McCoy's just another piece of that. A defensive line might be the best position Illinois recruited under Lovey Smith. You look at Austin Clark's 24-7 sports profile. It's kind of cool that coaches have those. Yeah. And you can see their top commits, and you look under that, and this clearly doesn't include transfers. Which, which he's been huge on. He's been absolutely huge on from USC, USC Pipeline. Moses Akpala, Keith Randolph, Seth Coleman, Quinn McCoy. Where is Austin Clark asserting himself as far as 
top recruiters on the staff. Probably hasn't passed Corey Patterson yet, right? Corey Patterson's the god still, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you've got Isaiah Williams, right? You're, you're the god. Andrea Stoker's still up there for Marquez Beeson alone, mm-hmm. but you can't forget about a guy like, uh, um, oh my gosh, Calvin Avery. Yeah. Duh, idiot. Uh, of course. They that go big guy. And, yeah, kind of a big dude. Kind of a great player that picked you over Texas A&M. So, yeah, that was a great get there. Clark, I would put him at three. I would go Corey Patterson one. Hmm, man, that's all right. Maybe not now. Corey Patterson one. Rod Smith two. Oh, we got a Corey Patterson Rod, yeah. three. I think is how I would go. And then Mike Bellamy is really close there, too. But Clark's done great. You talk about those USC transfers. Wale Batiku doesn't come here without him. Trayvon Sidney doesn't come here without him. Joshua Matorbebe probably doesn't come here without him, and we'll get into that later. But it, it, it's interesting. It's very interesting what Austin Clark has done, and he's made, he's made, he's made Lovey Smith look really smart with that hire. Really, really smart. I know everyone's interested in – any and all updates on Brandon Peters and Josh Imator, baby. Before we do that, let's look ahead to this weekend. Illinois hosts a 7-on-7 and big man camp. As you already mentioned, East St. Louis will be here. Trinity Catholic, a couple others. What are you uh, looking forward to with this particular weekend and uh, what will be important for the staff? This is big. I mean, you got Mookie Cooper here. That's that's the one. It's always big time. Yeah, that's the one that you're really feeling good about. Lutheran North and uh, Cardinal Ritter still have a ton of talent. Joe Moore is going to be up here. Noah Rinze should be up here again. You get Jalen St. John back on campus again. James Frenchie from Trinity Catholic. A lot of the top-tier guys that you have are going to be on your campus this weekend. So Illinois staff feels great about getting all this talent. Again, we even even said East St. Louis. You're getting all those guys right back on there, too. First off, it's going to be really competitive because these teams are great. They don't really like each other either, so they want to beat each other, which is good. good. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're getting all of this talent yet again. And if you could get a couple more guys to pop this weekend – That'd be huge. I just saw on Twitter, James Frenchie and Jalen St. John both released that they, they're asking for edits. It's usually a decent sign. That means that they want to release something soon. Illinois has done great with both of those guys. If you're able to get both two more Trinity Catholic dudes, you'd be talking about, wow, that Trinity Catholic pipeline just keeps feeding it in with Jalen St. John, who's a three-star offensive lineman, and then James Frenchie, who's a four-star wideout. So a lot of good talent will be up in Champaign this weekend. We'll see if Illinois can lock down any of these recruits or just further those relationships with those top-tier targets like Mookie Cooper. How entertaining is it to watch a seven-on-seven with Cooper and Frenchie? Very. It's a lot of <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And Reggie Love will be up here too. Illinois That's true. commit running back. Can't forget about him. So you got you it's it I'm excited to see East St. Louis go up against Trinity because both of these seven on seven teams are just loaded with talent. They don't really love each other too much. They want to beat each other. They both are favorites for state championships. So this this one will be really fun. And I'm sure Jeremy will sneak off and go watch the big man camp because he just obsesses over one-on-ones. And I don't blame him. That's fun, too. But I'm yeah. more of the wide receiver cornerback one-on-one. Yeah, that's me, too. That's me, too. Well, we're going football heavy, but that's where the news is at. Brandon Peters, Josh Bebe. No commitments quite yet, but seems like feeling pretty good about that couple one. A couple Ric Flair gifs today on Woo! Twitter. <laughs> feels pretty good. Yeah, I think the Illinois staff feels great about where they're at with Josh Bebe. He was on campus this weekend. And he walks into the recruiting lounge, you just go, my God, that's a wide receiver that you haven't seen here in a while. 6'2", 215 pounds. Guess what his vertical is? Higher than mine? Probably, maybe. (laughs) Higher than mine. Maybe ours combined? Oh, probably. He has a 48-inch vertical. Oh, man. 
48 inch vertical. So you imagine that on the outside, that that'd be good. So Illinois feels great about that. They also feel great about where they're at with Brandon Peters. So I don't know if you'll see an announcement from Peters till probably the end of the month. I think maybe Amator Bebe could pop in the next couple days or two. I mean, when the Illinois staff is starting to hype up things on Twitter, that tends to be a sign that things could start coming. They feel great about those two guides. And if you're able to get those, that would be six top 200 guys you've added in the last couple in, in the last couple months to your roster. It's pretty impressive. That's really impressive. Gives you a chance, right? Yeah. I mean, power five type of players in the program. I know they haven't produced quite yet at this level, a lot of them, but... I'll take the scraps from Alabama, Georgia. Why not? You, you know what I mean? Alabama, USC, and Michigan's players that didn't work out there, figure it out here. If you know what 60% I mean? of them work out... Is that a success? What's the success rate that needs to the hit rate? Boy, you'd feel great about that, wouldn't you? Okay, so let's think about this. Since 2018, Illinois added, if they get Peters and Emmett Baby, it would be 15 four- or five-star recruits. If you get nine of them to turn into starters, yep, you'd feel great. If Wale Batiku's a starter, Milo Eifler's a rotation piece, Emmett Baby and Sydney are starters, Boy, that feels awesome. Richie Pettibon, you already know, is going to be a starter. If Brandon Peters wins the job from week one, he's a starter. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You're seeing all of this talent come in that kind of revamps your your team. And we're not even talking about Marquez Vista or Isaiah Williams. So I, I think these guys, we talk so much about the class of 2019 and the class of 2020. It's the transfers that are going to have a bigger impact because they're dudes. They're men. They're 21 years old. They're older. And Inventory Bebe, Trayvon Sidney, and Wally Batiku, all from USC, they all have two years of eligibility so if they're back next year too that, that just that just adds a lot more than what a, you know a freshman coming in in the class of 2020 and whether it's brandon peters or isaiah williams at the quarterback spot adding imator bebe to trayvon sydney and ricky smalling that is a receiving group that has upside that has physicality that has some physical qualities that make you excited do you like them more than malik turner Mike Dudek and Ricky Smalling a couple years ago. Which which group would you like more? Because mm. that's, that's hard. I was looking at the stats in 2017. Dudek only had 24 catches and one touchdown. How long did he? Was it like six, two or three games or I six, it was games? six games? Yeah, yeah it's hard to catch hurt. touchdowns when Chase Crouch is your quarterback. Right. That's the thing. Like it's so, so hard to judge those guys because their quarterback was not even close to the quarterback you'd have now. I mean, Isaiah Williams or Chris, or uh, Isaiah Williams or Brandon Peters on that team with those wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I think those numbers look a lot, a lot better. It's hard for me to go against a at the time healthy Mike Dudek, right? And Malik Turner's in the pros Malik for Turner, a reason. Yeah, that's right. And we got to remember, Trayvon Sidney hasn't done anything. Immator Bebe hasn't done anything yet. They both have injury histories, but they hadn't have a chance to do anything. True. And and that's the that's the type of conversations we're having because I mean, you could say four star, five star recruit. I mean, Immator Bebe had offers from. Alabama, Auburn, USC, Florida, Michigan, Ohio State, you name it, he had it. But he never got that chance to because he got an ankle injury. Oh, a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster was in front of him. I heard he's kind of good, Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's legit. He's probably a guy you want to pick top 10, definitely in wide receiver fantasy football. Yeah, he's a He's, yeah, yeah. He, I got him in the fourth round last year. I was so happy. About, probably like, happy about that. Oh one. my gosh! Now I don't think I'll be able to get rid, away with it this year. But yeah, I mean, you look at Immature Baby, Sydney, and Smalling. It's better than your wide receiver room last year. And I look at this offense, and the offense was such a problem throughout the spring, and 
and it, it, people were really concerned about that. But I kind of like it with the offensive line. You're returning four starters that have 74 career starts combined. Wide receivers of the three we've talked about. The running back game is great. Tight end, you feel okay about Daniel Barker. That's okay. Isaiah Williams and Brandon Peters at quarterback, if Brandon Peters announces later this month, you feel great. That That's a much better offense than you had last year. And Rod Smith at the helm, get, sign me up. Yeah, I mean, give me Smalling, Sidney, and Imator Bebe over last year, your top three in receiving. Small, as far as catches, Smalling, Trenard Davis, Sam Mays. Yeah, Imator Bebe and Trayvon Sidney <laughs> or, or Trenard Davis and Sam Mays. Which one would you prefer? I would prefer the one you're going to have this year. I like the one with 48-inch vertical. I like the, I like one the guy who runs a 4 4 USC. Yeah. But it's it's the second-best wide receiver trio that you'd have under Lovey. I don't know if they're better than like the GMO or A.J. Jenkins years, though, right? I mean, yeah. those guys are pros. Who else was with Jenkins? Um, Gosh. Trying to think. Was that the Josh Ferguson year? Sounds right, yeah. So, I, I mean, I guess you could say he was kind of a slot catcher. I mean, he had so many catches for them, right, in the slot. He did. Um, Sam Mays was still around. Justin Hardy was still around. Justin a Hardy. young Malik Turner was there. So, okay, so let's think about this. 20, you had 2015. Okay. You had Gmo and Malik Turner. And Malik Turner. Desmond Kane was the one that you, we forget about. Desmond I forgot Kane. about that. He had 53 catches for 492 yards. That Bill Cuban. You, you would take that on. <laughs> Marchie Murdoch, another one who is in the pros now. He transferred from Illinois, went to Iowa State, Iowa had State. a good couple years. Yeah, that's that's some good wide receivers there. I mean, okay, let's go 2014. This was Wes Lunt year where he threw for 1,700 yards and play a ton, had out some injuries. So you had Dudek with 76 catches his freshman year. Gmo, Malik Turner, Josh Ferguson, Martez Barr. Martez Barr, Justin Hardy. Oh, and Hardy. Donovan Young. It's a decent uh, collection. And John Davis and Matt Lacoste. There's okay. some talent back there. Yeah. You could, that's what, I mean, I would take there's a reason one. why they went to a bowl game, I guess. But that's like, right. There's some talent there. All right. But anyways, definitely over last year. Get in, Imator Bebe, see what happens. All right, transitioning over to surprising, I think. I, I don't know who expected it. Women's basketball gets an addition, and Taylor Edwards, who former softball pitcher, pretty good one at that, is going to play basketball next year for the women's team, Nancy Fay. So, Derek, you're in charge of 24-7. What type of recruiting recruit should Taylor Edwards be? What star <laughs> ranking are we giving her? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I got the stats here in front of me, though. She scored... Over 1,600 career points at Arcola set the school record in her senior year. Was named the Herald and Review All-Area Player of the Year in 2014. Four-time first-team All-Conference basketball and volleyball player. Three-time All-Conference track star. Pretty good athlete. Great athlete. She has some guns, too. Can I just say that? I don't, I don't think yeah, that's weird say to that. say. I don't think that's weird to say. I was like, wow. she has It'd be like, weird if you didn't say it. Right. Because she, <laughs> she put it a, pit, a picture on Twitter. I was like, oh, my God. She's just absolutely jacked. So I don't, I don't hate this addition. I mean, it's a... You know, it's another roll of the dice that you're adding to this. And let's be honest here, Illinois women's basketball is one of the worst in the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. You'll take any athlete you can get on this. And adding her to the mix, she's obviously loves Illinois. Local kid who wants to be a part of this thing. It makes sense. And she was a good pitcher for Tyra Perry. She was a big reason why Illinois got back to the NCAA tournament. So you take a risk on a great athlete who was a four-time first-team all-conference. If you scored over 1,600 points in high school – Maybe she can. Maybe that means that she could be in the rotation. Maybe she's another guard off the bench who can play some scrappy defense. Can't hurt you. 
Can't nope. hurt you at all. And I'll also admit, I didn't have a story ready for this one. So uh, God, they're just keeping another, you out of another the loop, surprise. Man. I know I'm losing all my sources. Uh, I want to hit on basketball again real quick because you had a, a funny tweet about in Game Five when the Raptors completely imploded. Yeah, and Kyle Lowry wasn't able to hit that shot from the corner. I know that. I guess later on it was found that it was tipped. I didn't know that. Yeah, Draymond made a great play. On I that. can't confirm. But it, still, it hit the side of the still, backboard. Right, and still. Yeah, it was and it was pretty ugly. he could have made plays earlier in the late in the game, and he didn't. True. So, with that in mind, I want to think, you had a list of most most clutch players. Right. Who did you put one? Uh, Michael Jordan, one. Oh, yeah, that guy? LeBron, two. Darren Williams, three? Darren Williams, three. And I think I said, Illinois, Arizona is the best basketball game I've ever seen. I don't care what you think. No arguments here. And then, like, I did, like, three million, something, something, something. <laughs> the Kyle odds Lowry, of Northwestern very, to win it all. That right. was the number. <laughs> for Kyle Lowry. For Kyle Lowry. So, how about a top five? Let's just run through some. And, you know, unfortunately, Isaac and I aren't old enough to go all time. Right. Uh, no disrespect to Eddie, Eddie Johnson, Johnson hit the game winner against Good Michigan God. State. Are we going to get tweeted about by Eddie Johnson now? Probably. Oh, man. He is aggr- he's aggressive on Twitter. Um, don't want, And he's going into the Hall of Fame, the Illinois Hall of Fame. So, congrats to him. Uh, a couple other buzzer beaters that I remem- recalled, obviously, the Darren against Arizona. Ravante. Oh man, against Mizzou the fall away. Yeah, that was pretty. That impressive. was an NBA three too. That was. was a step back fall away. Ooh, I miss him. I loved him. He was awesome. Tyler Griffey against Indiana. That was a little throw in, but he, I think he had another that year. Um, I think it was okay. Gardner. Was yes, Gardner Webb right after in. Maui? Banked it in. They were coming off that high they from were Maui. Struggling to to pull that one out at home, and he yeah put one in. So yeah, let's John Eakey. John Eakey at Iowa. Yeah. He did the whole like hit the head thing. Oh yeah, and we don't threes to the head. We can't talk about uh, Michael Finky though. The three against North Nebraska, where he got bear That's right. by Underwood, but then they lost. Oh, so it doesn't yeah. count. James really. Palmer. Yeah. Mm. There's been some decent buzzer beaters over the years. Yeah. Okay. So all right. Top, how about since 2000? Okay. Let's just pick a top five, and we can even do this collectively as a group or as a duo. Yeah. Five guys in order that you want taking the last shot. Okay, and so, they, so they don't have to have hit a buzzer. Like I would probably put D somewhere in oh there, yeah, even oh though yeah. I can't think of a D buzzer beater. He didn't beater. have one ever. ever. I don't that think was, so. That was the thing against him. They're like, you never had a late game shot. And he was like, well, I had Darren on my team for three. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number one. Darren. No question. 1,000%. That's easy. Best you can see that that shot a thousand times. I can, I, I'm still... envisioning the goosebumps eight-year-old Isaac had mm-hmm. when he rose up to shoot that shot. Yep. Okay, Incredible. number two. Would you go Frank Williams? He had Frank. a couple. Yeah. He had the shot to win a Big Ten title. I, I, I could put Frank up there. I mean, he was a big-time, big-time player, man. Yeah. I mean, he had some some great moments. And, yeah, he had the team winning Big Ten titles. Dimitri McCamey, could he be in the mix? He had a couple game winners, McCamey. one against Northwestern. He's in – where's D fall? Okay, so I would put Frank Williams ahead of D because he did it. I'd put D at three because he's just – because awesome. he's D. Right. But here's – I got a – D was a gamer, right. right? I got another gamer who we haven't brought up who kind of didn't hasn't hit a buzzer beater, but he hit two game winners against Michigan State and Ohio State this past year. Oh. I.O. Yeah. Dang, you're right. He might need to be in that mix. He iced Michigan State and Ohio at Ohio State. Wow. Okay. I.O. after a freshman year is already in the mix for top five most clutch players since – <laughs> all right, Since I'm putting, all right, I'm putting Frank clearly ahead of I. Okay. 
We'll give we'll can give we you go, that for now. Can Frank. we agree D over IO for now? I th- I think for IO. Okay. Over some other names I got down here. Brandon Paul. Yes. I don't think we're going to put Griffey on here. Tyler or uh, DJ Richardson had a game winning three over Hawaii. Ray Rivante. Oh yeah, he's in there. And I don't think he, he didn't have a buzzer beater. I think was this just past two thousand? I know it was probably in between there, mm-hmm. but. Give me a, a shot to win Corey Bradford. Oh, yeah. Well, what about Luther Head, too? Remember he had the fall-down little floater against Purdue mm-hmm. to win a game? He I'm forgetting be- another buzzer beater. Wasn't it the tip in Marcus Griffin? Yeah, there yeah, you go. Against against we got to give all the love out because we're going to get tweeted at yeah, we if are. we forget one. Okay. Um, all right, let's get this top five down, though. So we have Darren 1, Frank 2, D3. I agree. D for 3. Yeah. IO 4. Yes, I have to. Yes. And who's five? You want to give it to BP3, Revante. Malcolm Hill not in this mix? No, no. He, he just wasn't that clutch. He was that clutch. I, Malcolm was good player. Putting up 40 against Northern Kentucky just doesn't yeah, do the trick for Yeah, I mean, he. we could do the Malcolm Hill argument all, right. all day long. I'll tell you what, Tyler Griffey probably should be in the conversation. I know, he had like a mural painted of him in the oven. Right. For, I mean, for the... Yeah, one of the biggest shots in Illinois basketball in that year. He could be there. I still wouldn't. I feel like the conversation for me really comes down to Luther Head versus Dimitri McCamey versus Ravante, Ravante, and Brandon Paul. Those okay. four. Because remember, BP three also had that game against Ohio State where he had absurd shot late over Aaron Kraft. Yep, like eight his eighth three of the game to have like forty three points. Mm-hmm. He's got to be in there. All right, so he hit one. Didn't he hit the buzzer beater against Minnesota in the he, Big Ten tournament? In the Big Ten tournament, and there's been there's been a sneaky uh, amount of buzzer run. beaters. I know. There's some decent things here. All right, he might have to be five. Okay, I'm going to remove Ravante because he only had one yeah. shot. BP three still had two. Luther had had a bigger in a bigger moment to win a Big Ten title. But we already have two guys from the 0405 team, so I'm going to remove him. So it comes down to Dimitri McCamey or Brandon Paul. Brandon Paul. Brandon Paul. Okay, so let's recap this. One, Darren Williams by a landslide. Mm-hmm. Two, Frankie. Frankie Williams. Three, D for three. Yep. Four, IO. And five, Brandon Paul. Are we too high on IO? I don't I'm think t- we are. Because <sighs> no. listen, because a second year of this, he's going to make some shots. Yeah. I'm just saying, two game winners in your freshman season against good against teams. good teams, and big wins. Teams. That's impressive. That is impressive. I love that one on the road. I, I get the Michigan State ones were awesome because Michigan State was coming from behind. They take the lead. You're like, okay, Michigan State's doing what Michigan State's supposed to do. And then for him to do that was nuts. Actually, but, I went back and read the notebook I did for that because I did the Alan Griffin story, and I talked to his dad after that game. But the lead is Io's becoming a closing time killer. He told Georgie, give me the ball, Georgie. I'm going to hit this tray ball. <laughs> Inject this into my veins. Yeah. He's Fun. a stud. He is a stud. Let's start the season. Yeah. Let's see. I, honestly, I'm really ready. After seeing pictures yesterday of Illinois basketball, I'm like, man, Hoodie Kipper shows up. Andres Feliz has that long, nappy hair now. I'm mm-hmm. ready to roll. I'm yeah, Georgie's growing it out. Georgie is growing it out. Growing the facial hair out. He needs to cut that. Yeah. But overall, okay. he's the overall, I, it's it's fun. It's gonna be really it's gonna be really fun. And the thing that makes it most fun to me, honestly, is that all these guys are so likable. That that's really important to me. And and they're just so likable in the the playing style. I think that. You know, you could argue that Illinois is probably the most fun team to watch in the Big Ten next year. I could see that. Playing They're going to score. 
Playing style-wise, they're get up and down the floor. You've got to make sure that the other teams don't like it because they're going to be able to score points, too. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. They're hey, disruptive. I'm not, your, Win- I'm not here for your facts, man. Hey, you <laughs> talked to Cassius Winston. He was almost in tears. He, oh, he was. After that game. Yeah, he was in tears because yeah. Andres Feliz. Okay. But they got to do that every game. Yeah. Well, the great thing about this podcast, I look forward to doing some post games. That's, that's going to be fun gonna after be some fun. big games. How about some games that matter late in the season? Let's get to that point. Or all season. Yeah, I, well, I'm thinking, like, when's the last time Illinois has played a meaningful game? Was it Rutgers on the road? Yeah, John Gross right after year? the Michigan State game. Right after that win? Yeah. it's. I mean, it's been a while since Brad Underwood, or has Brad Underwood ever coached a meaningful game? You know what I mean? Like, late in the season, that hasn't really no, happened. No, I, I think the games in February, and I know we're, we're going long here, I think the games in February mattered. When they went on that run mm-hmm. and they found who they were and they really... I thought so too. Even th- though those they're games under I was like, these are important. And it mattered for the coaching staff to show progress and all of that. But yeah, I, I think those games matters. But as far as, yeah, meaning something for your future, like immediate future tournament-wise, yeah, I don't think Brad's had one of those. Right, real quick about our top five. There's one guy that could be really close to being on this list. Trent Frazier. Mm, good if one. If he hits the three against Gonzaga... Had like a half quarter go in and out against Notre Dame. Yeah, like he's had multiple of these in the last couple of years that have been late game, in and out, late game, really close to winning these things. So he could be in the mix there eventually. Maybe this year. Yeah, and that's the other thing with this list. You don't maybe have to have done it. I know we included guys that have, but Trent, give me him over a lot of other, a lot of other dudes as far as one shot. This guy can hit it from anywhere over the half court line. One shot. You have Trent or Malcolm Hill. Who are you taking? Trent. Seeing, I'm, I'm not even hesitating. Right, Trent or Kendrick Dunn. Trent, that's that's where I'm at too. Like, and that's Trent or Tracy Abrams. Who oh, had a Trent, couple. easy. Yeah, so yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, right. that's kind of the conversation we're having here. Like, he is, he is a late game killer, and I know we haven't seen it yet. And and you've had a couple instances where they almost go in, and God, I, I still, I can still see the step back three against Gonzaga and see mm. it come out of his hands and wonder if he's about to take the lead, and it didn't happen, but. Still, I think I still think that he's going to have one or two of those that we'll look back in a couple of years and remember. Wow, that that shot by Trent was real clutch, ice in his veins late in the game. Yep, you hit a game winner. You will be aligning of the week. Unfortunately, we don't have any games for those right now, but we do have some aligning of the week picks. Isaac, who you got this week? I got to go Taylor Edwards. I mean, being a stud pitcher in softball is hard enough as it is, but then saying, you know what, I want one more year to play basketball. That's really cool to me. She is the Illini of the week. Maybe not for what she's necessarily done on the basketball floor this week or done on the softball field this this week, but the fact that she wants to be an Illini. She wants to be here another year. She wants to compete and put on the orange and blue one more time. You could tell this means a lot to her. You can tell the state and the school means a lot to her. She's the Illini of the week. And if she gets on the rotation, that would be a great story. A girl who was the second-best pitcher in softball and now becomes a, a key basketball player. That'd be very cool. And it's happened before. We saw at Illinois State. It's happened. Lexi Wallen mm-hmm. played volleyball and basketball there, too. So, like, it, it can happen. It can happen and might be something they need to happen yeah. to, to get out of that Big Ten basement. I'm going with Alan Griffin. I just did a story on him on LineInquire.com. Check that out. I guess I can do – I'm not even shamed about That's the, right. the plugs because this That's is our right. own podcast. Uh, Alan's dad, Adrian Griffin, is coaching in the finals, Toronto Raptors. Uh, Allen got to go out to Oracle for game three and game four. So big time for him and that family. That family is so talented. 
I mean, Adrian played in the league. He's coaching in the league. Probably going to be a head coach soon. Yeah, I was going to say he was in the mix for a head coaching job with Memphis. Yep. His Allen's sister, Aubrey, is a McDonald's All-American going to UConn. His brother, A.J. Griffin, was just playing over in Brazil for the U16 USA Basketball, won a gold medal. He's a five-star. on the team? He was definitely one of the top two. And Allen, he's put on some weight, good weight. I'm not just, you know, sometimes he's put on some weight. No, he's put on some good muscle, really worked hard. He said he stayed here throughout the month of May, didn't go back home to work with Fletch, work in the gym. He sees the opportunity, and yeah, good good week for him as far as if the Warriors lose to the Raptors tonight, game six, tonight being Thursday, or in game seven, big win for the family, then also Allen being back on campus. I'm going to give it to Allen Griffin. Good call. Good call. This is a good episode. I like yeah, this episode. Yeah, it was fun. We don't need Jeremy. No, we don't. It's, Apparently, he's going to be in Arizona. That's true. Is, is okay. that irritating you a little bit? You know, maybe we'll, I shouldn't have said We'll that. iron this out. We'll figure it out. I say a, good. a boxing match just to f- for all of them. I might need some preparation time. Okay. He's strong. He is. He's strong as an ox. Yeah. But. He's, he's a... He's a big dude. Like he, like I can see why he was a good offensive lineman. Yeah. Because like he has a low center of gravity. He feels like he is has all the technique really good, and he's strong. Gets underneath you and just mm-hmm. destroys you. So it's true. But overall, good episode for week two. I so last week I made the joke that it was a B plus episode. Mm-hmm. This one was solid A minus. All right, I'll take that solid <laughs> A minus. Subscribe, all that stuff. We're all over iTunes and wherever you can find your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. I tweet at dpiper247. At Isaac underscore Trotter2. Jeremy tweets, but you know you can find him some other place. This has been the Illini Inquirer podcast. It was fun. Until next week, for Derek Piper, Isaac Trotter, we'll see you later. <laughs>